Well, hello there. This is Joey here, and we've got loads of tech news this week. Samsung is working on a transparent smartphone, while Android 11 is out now. Western Digital is under fire for making hard drives that are too fast. Amazon Basic products are combusting, while TikTok's deadline draws near and China might prevent the sale of the U.S. assets. Minecraft is coming to PlayStation VR, and we have a bit of space news including the world's most powerful camera meant to take photos of faraway galaxies. It's time for the tech news and commentary on Joey's Totally Tech. Welcome to the September 14th, 2020 edition of Joey's Totally Tech, Tech News and Commentary. I'm your host, Joey Cagle, and it's actually the first day of Season 2 of Joey's Totally Tech. Check out our episode today. We interviewed Josh Moore, the creator of Snakeware Linux. It was a great interview, and you can listen to the free version on the main podcast, or unlock the exclusives at joeystollytech.com slash exclusive, and you can hear an extended interview. The exclusives are $3 a week, $10 a month, or $100 per year. You'll get extended interviews such as the Josh Moore interview, bonus content that won't be available on the main podcast, and ad-free episodes. On to the tech news. Samsung is developing a transparent smartphone. The company submitted a patent for a transparent smartphone back in January. LG patented a similar technology, and Xiaomi recently released their see-through TV. These types of displays have low power consumption, high brightness, and fast response times. Uh, I wonder if the screen is blank. Are you going to be able to find your phone? Hmm. Android 11 has rolled out. Three months after the first public beta was released, Android 11 is now here. Not much changed since the public beta, Mostly bug fixes and third-party app issues, along with a long-awaited built-in screen recorder. There are also new controls for media devices, improved privacy permissions, and a focus on communicating with people. I've yet to test out the new Android operating system myself, but it sounds like it could be interesting. You'd be able to record, like, gameplay on the Android operating system easily with a built-in screen recorder. Or tutorials for people who want to see Android tutorials. You wouldn't have to rely on an Android emulator, which is going to run slow in the first place. So I think it's great that they have the screen recorder. LG Wing leaks show a surprisingly thin flip-around screen. The dual-screen device with a swiveling mechanism was shown in the leak, and the screen appears to be quite thin. The phone will come in two colors and have 5G support. Is Western Digital misrepresenting hard drive speeds? 
Last week, Redditors at slash r slash data hoarder were upset with Western Digital for misrepresenting rational speeds of their WD-RED network-attached storage drives, though this was actually also reported by a German forum, hardwarelux.de, over a year ago. If you want to check that out, it's hardwarelux with two xs.de. The complaint is that Western Digital is calling 7200 RPM drives 540 RPM class, and the firmware reports 540 RPM via the smart interface. Redditor slash U slash Amarako has set out to either prove or disprove these findings. Amarako placed a sample drive on an empty cardboard box with a Blue Yeti mic held right above it. He powered the drive on. The spectral analysis of the recorded audio showed a baseline frequency of 120 Hz for the two 8TB models of the 5400 RPM class drives and 120 cycles per second multiplied to 60 seconds per minute comes to 7200 cycles per minute, so they are indeed 7200 RPM drives. This might not seem like an issue to the average user since these drives are faster, but faster drives are also noisier and consume more power. Issues that could be problems in certain environments where these drives are used. But in reality, you can't actually buy an 8TB NAS drive that spins at 5400 RPM, as both Western Digital and Seagate's Ironwolf entry-level NAS lineups use 7200 RPM spindles. But this brings into question what 5400 RPM performance class really means. Western Digital says it doesn't actually mean that a drive spins at 5400 rotations per minute. A representative of Western Digital said, quote, For select products, Western Digital has published RPM speed within a class or performance class for numerous years rather than publishing specific spindle speeds. We also fine-tune select hard drive platforms and the related hard disk drive characteristics to create several different variations of such platforms to meet different market or application needs. By doing so, we were able to leverage our economies of scale and pass along those savings to our customers. As with every Western Digital product, our product details, which include power, acoustics, and performance data transfer rate, are tested to meet specifications provided on the product's data sheet and marketing collateral, end quote. It's really a confusing response from Western Digital, in my opinion, but I would guess that means even though it's a 7200 RPM hard drive, it performs similarly to a 5400 RPM hard drive. But this is just a guess. Uh, another guess is maybe, even though it runs at 7200 RPM, that you get the kind of results as far as noise or power consumption that you would get with a 5400 RPM hard drive. So that, that actually sounds like what maybe Western Digital is trying to say. 
I'm not 100% certain though. We've got three TikTok-related stories today, as first of all, TikTok has revealed its algorithm, the code that TikTok uses to pick the next video to display is a large part of the 20 to $30 billion valuation. In Los Angeles, a transparency center was set up, which has exhibits showing how TikTok's algorithms and data practices work. It uses machine learning to determine what the user is likely going to engage with and sends more of the same content. It groups videos into clusters based on similar themes and tries to avoid sending multiple videos with the same music or from the same creator. The system can produce filter bubbles, so TikTok's product and policy teams monitor accounts for any misinformation and other content before it goes to the main feed. A suicide video circulated on TikTok. In a gruesome video, a man was shown shooting himself. The clip originally streamed on other social media sites, but it's harder for users to avoid it on the TikTok platform. Users have posted videos warning their followers about the video. TikTok has systems which automatically flag clips that violate policies and are banning accounts that are repeatedly uploading the clip. China would rather see TikTok US closed rather than a forced sale. Beijing is in opposition to a forced sale of TikTok's US operations by Chinese owner ByteDance. They would prefer to see the video app shut down in the US instead, according to people with direct knowledge of the matter. Trump has given ByteDance until September 15th to sell TikTok to a US company. If you're listening on the 14th when this is released, that is tomorrow. ByteDance has said in a statement that the Chinese government has not suggested to them that it should shut down TikTok in the US or any other markets, however. Two of the sources told Reuters that China was willing to use its August 28th revisions to technology exports list to delay a deal reached by ByteDance if necessary. The Chinese Foreign Ministry spokesman Xiao Lijian has said that the United States was abusing the concept of national security and urged it to stop oppressing foreign countries. TikTok's prospective buyers are discussing ways to structure an acquisition, and it's possible ByteDance could still move forward with the sale of the U.S. assets without approval from China's Commerce Ministry by selling them without the key algorithms. Beijing says the rules aren't targeted at specific companies, but they are reaffirming their right to enforce these rules. And now some Facebook news. Facebook smart glasses will give you super hearing power. Facebook Reality Labs now has a technology that allows headsets to enhance targeted sounds and dim background noises. Right now, it exists as an in-ear monitor that pairs with an eye movement tracking device. This device identifies what the user is looking at and amplifies the volume for what the person is focusing on. 
It could be combined with other technologies which Facebook has been developing to create virtual maps of both physical objects and sounds surrounding the user. It can also be used to immerse people in virtual environments and create sounds that will feel like they've been produced in real space. For me personally, I'm particularly interested in how it uh, just focuses in on one person or object to pay attention to that. I think that's really awesome. Uh, I'm thinking for disabilities with hearing issue or some people with autism, for example, might normally hear a noisy room and can't make out one voice over another. Well, with this technology, we could have some sort of hearing implant with some sort of eye tracking device like this, and the person with that disability can now hear what they're trying to focus on. And I think that's an amazing technology. It's going to be something that's going to extend beyond VR and AR, but I think we can have it with uh, assisting with disabilities too. Facebook returns to its roots with campus. Remember the early days of Facebook when you had to be a college student to sign up and participate in the social network? Well, Facebook has launched this version of Facebook again, except it's called Campus. It's a college student-only network. It offers college students a private place to connect and get updates related to their schools. You must have a .edu email address to join the platform, just like the old days of Facebook. This is the company's attempt at regaining a younger audience since many have shifted to other social apps. Some colleges have also signed up to publish updates to the Facebook campus feed. It will be available at around 30 colleges and universities throughout the U.S. at launch. Shifting focus from Facebook to Amazon, Amazon is accused of price gouging. Amazon is being accused of coronavirus price gouging after the consumer watchdog group Public Citizen found prices for items such as face masks and hand sanitizer had soared 1,000% during the pandemic. These claims undermine Amazon's crackdown on price gouging from third-party sellers and also cause it to question CEO Jeff Bezos' declaration that it is, quote, acting aggressively to protect customers from bad actors looking to exploit the crisis, end quote. Amazon has not commented on the price hikes, but they've also not given an explanation on how they happened. I think this is a pretty bad look for Amazon, honestly, and kind of hypocritical too, if I'm honest. And unfortunately, I believe that corporations are just looking out for themselves. Sure, they're banning the third-party sellers, but the corporations want to make a bit more money, especially on those high-demand items. I think it's very hypocritical and a symptom of the problems that we have in capitalism. Amazon Basics items are combusting? A number of Amazon Basics items are being reported as fire hazards, though they're still for sale on Amazon, according to an investigation by CNN. 
In one story, a man had to go to the hospital after his chair caught on fire while he was sleeping. This was due to a melted USB cable. In Amazon Basics, microwave caught on fire when an eight-year-old heated up macaroni and cheese. And I didn't even know there were Amazon Basics microwaves. And an Amazon Basics surge protector caught on fire with only a single phone charger plugged into it. CNN says reports have been piling in for years with at least 1,500 reviews since 2016 and more than 70 items which were described as, quote, products exploding, catching on fire, smoking, melting, causing electrical malfunctions, or otherwise posing risk, end quote. Amazon took down some items that customers reported to be dangerous, such as the USB cable and surge protector, but many others remain on the site. Amazon has only issued two official recalls of Amazon Basics products, and the Consumer Product Safety Commission has only received at least 10 reports over the eight years mentioning an Amazon Basics product with similar concerns. The company has faced scrutiny over selling defective products before. Again, this is a bad look for Amazon, and Amazon Basics, that's their store brand. Jeff Bezos, you're going to have to fix this, dude. I've bought a few Amazon Basics products over time myself. Fortunately, nothing has combusted or anything like that. So, I've been pretty lucky. Uh, my first Amazon Basics item, I think, was either a mouse or a tablet cover. Of course, the tablet uh, cover is not going to melt or explode. At least, I hope not. The mouse, there might be a small possibility, but something really has to go wrong there. But uh, I don't buy a whole lot of Amazon Basics stuff. I did have an Amazon Basics keyboard, which I think I gave to someone. I don't have that anymore. So might be a good thing I don't have it. Maybe it blew up on them. I hope not. I hope it didn't blow up. Please tell me it didn't blow up. Spotify is working on a karaoke feature. If you've been wanting to use Spotify as a karaoke machine and have a karaoke party, Spotify is working on a mode that features lyrics and adjustable vocal levels. This comes after Amazon announced the Twitch Sings app will be closing in January. Again, Amazon, not a good look for you. You're closing down an app that people want. Well, I don't know. I hadn't even known about that app. But this mode was discovered by the same reverse engineer that uncovered Spotify's plans to host virtual concerts. The company routinely conducts tests to improve the experience, but not all tests will result in products for use among the general public. Volvo's Polestar 2 is the first electric car with a brain. The luxury electric vehicle is the first electric car to have a brain powered by Google using the Android Automotive Operating System. This system is able to control everything in the car. This includes temperature, navigation, and radio. It's activated using Google Assistant voice commands, but it does need an internet connection. 
It has a 78 kilowatt hour battery pack in a range of 291 miles. The engine can deliver 408 horsepower and go 0 to 60 in under 5 seconds. Tech firms are facing growing resentment towards parent employees during the COVID-19 pandemic. Parents who work from home are having trouble making it work. Though companies have said they'd support parents at home with their children, many managers and co-workers feel parents' employees are hiding childcare issues because they are worried colleagues won't understand. Many believe their career advancement has suffered due to having to juggle both work and kids at home. Non-parenting peers don't have as much flexibility in their work schedules and feel like more is being expected of them. It doesn't appear things will return to normal anytime soon in this pandemic, and work cultures are being forced to change. Walmart is going to test drone delivery of grocery and household items. The company is running a pilot for delivering these items with drones. It's partnering with Flytrex, an end-to-end delivery firm, for this project. Walmart saw online sales double in the second quarter of this year. It has looked into options with deliveries through autonomous vehicles with Ford and other self-driving car startups of the past. My girlfriend Lisa, who you hear from time to time here on the podcast, has started using Walmart delivery, and it will be interesting to see if a drone shows up with our groceries on the patio at some point. T-Mobile used a 5G-connected robot to give a person a tattoo. Would you trust this robot as your tattoo artist? Do you really think you would? Well, T-Mobile demonstrated this remote robot by applying a tattoo on someone's arm in the Netherlands using a robot arm controlled by a tattoo artist at another location. It was drawn in real time. This was made possible by the low latency of 5G. The artist first practiced the procedure on vegetables and prosthetic skin samples before using it on a real person. Honestly, that sounds risky to me, but I do think it's really cool that it has such low latency. This is going to enable so many cool things. Many gamers might be interested in gaming over 5G if the latency is that low, quite frankly. Because right now, for the best speeds, you want to be connected via Ethernet to game with each other. This could be a game changer I'm just saying, Um, but I think the problem is still that so many of the 5G carriers, I think they're still going to limit the amount of high-speed data you get, just like with 4G, just like they did with 3G, etc. So, I don't know how useful it's going to be for gamers yet. Until someone comes out with that 5G hotspot, man, that people could just connect via USB or Ethernet somehow. I don't know. Um, and make it work. That would be great. And check this out. Engineers figure out how to make interactive paper. Purdue University engineers have created a printing process which can print interactive circuits on paper. This process involves coding the paper 
with highly fluorinated molecules to make it repel dust, oil, and water. They print the layers of circuits on the top. These printed areas are able to communicate via Bluetooth using electricity generated from contact with a finger. That I find really cool. I look forward to seeing this in use sometime in the near future. In-chip water cooling could be a thing. Many gamers and tech enthusiasts use water cooling for their CPUs and GPUs. A team of researchers in Switzerland have designed a chip and a cooling system which features on-chip liquid channels placed next to the hottest parts of the chip. It's estimated that if the technology is adopted across all chips, it would drop the energy needed for cooling to less than a percentage of current values. I mean, that's pretty awesome, so you wouldn't need as uh, powerful of a power supply to take care of cooling. Amazing. I like it. The founder of Oculus unveils Ghost 4 military drones. Palmer Lucky, the inventor of the Oculus Rift, which Facebook now owns, unveiled his latest technology known as the Ghost 4 military drone. It's a two-meter aircraft which can be carried in a backpack and has a 100-minute flight time. The aircraft can fly autonomously as it has AI algorithms on board that have been fine-tuned to identify and track people, missiles, and battlefield equipment. It can also connect to other Ghost 4 drones to form a data-sharing swarm. Many in the tech industry are against using AI tech for military applications, but Lucky says if the U.S. doesn't modernize its military, it will fall behind other countries that will do so. Portland bans facial recognition tech. Portland, Oregon passed legislation on Wednesday, probably the most aggressive municipal ban on facial recognition technology up to this point. Portland will both prohibit city bureaus from using the technology and stop private companies from employing the technology in public areas. Oakland, San Francisco, and Boston have also banned their governments from using the tech, but Portland has even banned corporations from using it in public spaces, making it more aggressive. The draft ordinance cites the risk of, quote, biases against black people, women, and older people, end quote, baked into facial recognition systems. A study published late last year from the National Institute of Standards and Technology confirms that evidence of bias has been observed in these systems. The ACLU also celebrated the vote as a historic digital privacy win. Jan Carson, interim executive director of ACLU of Oregon, said, quote, With today's vote, the community made it clear we hold the real power in this city. We will not let Portland turn into a surveillance state where police and corporations alike can track us wherever we go, end quote. And we'll be right back after this message, unless you've unlocked your access to the exclusives, 
You can enjoy this and other episodes ad-free and have access to extended interviews and early episodes, as well as other exclusive bonus content we'll be putting up. Unlock exclusives at joeystollytech.com slash exclusive today. And we'll be back after this message. you like the music and sound effects we're using on the Joey's Totally Tech podcast? Well, we get the licensing for this music through Epidemic Sound. If you're a content creator creating video on YouTube or other social media platforms, or a fellow podcaster, visit bit.ly slash JTT Epidemic. That's bit.ly slash JTT Epidemic. And you can sign up for a subscription for as little as $15 per month. They have a wide variety of genres of music, as well as sound effects you can incorporate into your content. You don't have to pay royalties, you just pay the monthly subscription fee. Or you can also buy lifetime licenses to particular tunes and effects too. So if you want to use some fresh music and help support this podcast too, check out bit.ly slash JTT Epidemic and sign up for Epidemic Sound today. Thank you for listening to the news and commentary on Joey's Totally Tech. And now it's time for the gaming news. In gaming news, Minecraft is coming to the PlayStation VR as a free upgrade this month. The game will be playable for free on PlayStation VR later this month. It will be the same as the PlayStation 4 version, but with small tweaks, mainly to the interface as well as the setup for VR. Players can use the PS4 controller to move around while using the headset to look around. There are two modes, immersive and living room, but as of this time we don't have further details on what the modes entail. I mean, I would think immersive would be like where you could actually physically walk around, whereas living room, you'd be able to sit down and play. Of course, if you physically walk around, you're going to have your limits. I mean, you've got walls in your house, right? And you've got obstacles in the way. You're going to trip and fall. So I don't know. Maybe that's not what the uh, immersive version is. But living room, I'm sure you've got to be sitting down. 
Considering my mild cerebral palsy, I wouldn't want to be walking around trying to play a VR game anyway. Not a good idea. The Xbox Series S has been leaked with a $299 price tag. The cheaper next-generation Xbox price was revealed in a leak along with the design. The design is more traditional, featuring a flatter design when laid horizontally. It's white and features a black cooling grille in the top part of the unit when standing upright. There is a USB-A port on the front. Sources have confirmed that this console does not have a disk drive. The price will be $299, undercutting the PlayStation 5 considerably, and allows Microsoft to price the Xbox Series X higher to accommodate the additional GPU power. Pricing has not been revealed yet, but it's believed to be $499. I talk with Antonio Guerra in the upcoming September 28th episode of Joey's Totally Tech about the next generation gaming consoles, but you can reach into the future and unlock the episode now on the Joey's Totally Tech exclusives at joeystollytech.com slash exclusive. You'll get an ad-free and extended version of that episode. It's up there right now. Check it out. Apple threatens to remove sign-in with Apple from Epic Games accounts, then delays it and says Epic's actions are theft, period. Epic Games Store has tweeted, quote, Apple will no longer allow users to sign in to Epic Games accounts using sign-in with Apple as soon as September 11th, 2020. If you used sign-in with Apple, Please make sure your email and password are up to date. Well, this was as of September 9th, and September 10th, it was revealed they were given an indefinite extension. But Epic still recommends preparing the accounts for the feature's removal. Apple, in this ongoing fight with Epic, is claiming that Epic's payment scheme, quote, is theft, period, end quote. They also claim the requirement is needed for security and privacy. Quote, Although Epic portrays itself as a modern corporate Robin Hood, in reality it is a multi-billion dollar enterprise that simply wants to pay nothing for the tremendous value it derives from the App Store, end quote, according to Apple. Epic says it, quote, does not seek to force Apple to provide distribution and processing services for free, nor does Epic seek to enjoy Apple's services without paying for them, end quote. Instead, they want to see, quote, the freedom not to use Apple's App Store or IAP and instead use and offer competing services, end quote, on Apple's hardware just as you can on Windows PCs and really on Android devices too. Currently that's not possible, at least not without jailbreaking the device, because of what Epic says is Apple's monopolistic control over the market for all iOS devices. My first thought here is I don't think Epic Games ever claimed to be a corporate Robin Hood, 
In fact, I don't believe corporate Robin Hoods exist. I'm sorry, there's not some corporation saying, oh, we're just going to take everything from other corporations and give it to you because we're good like that. No, 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 that's not what's happening at all. I think Epic just wants other options and they feel Apple's demand of 30% is a bit too high. So I do get it from Apple's perspective as far as security goes, but the 30% is proving to be a bit much, especially considering Spotify and Facebook have also had issues with this fee, along with a number of news apps that are now leaving the platform as well. Apple also pointed out that Epic Games made Fortnite available as an APK for Android, and other sites popped up bundling the APK with malware that infected Android phones. So they proved their point as far as the security issue that exists and allowing other app stores. I know Google semi-remedies this by warning you about installing packages from other sources when you go to the settings and turn that on. Apple could easily do something similar, warning you that if you install packages from other sources, it's at your own risk. And if you mess something up, it's your fault. But Apple wants to treat its users like babies instead. And it's stories like this that make me want to throw my Apple iPhone out the window. Well, I got it for free. I didn't pay anything for it. Thanks to my girlfriend who got it for free as well from another relative. And, you know, so it goes on and on. I don't care. But Apple's not getting my money. Well, maybe for an iWatch at some point. We'll see. In other news from Apple, they're opening the door for game streaming services on the iOS app, apparently. The other week, we discussed how the App Store banned the xCloud and and Stadia services. Apple updated its rules for the iOS App Store with a section devoted to game streaming. According to the changes, Apple gives the green light to game streaming providers, but with one huge caveat. They can't house all the games under one single app. Instead, they'll have to submit and then publish each game as their own individual title on the iOS App Store first. The rules continue to say game streaming services can still offer a catalog app to direct users to their library of games. But Apple says, quote, all the games included in the catalog app must link to an individual app store product page, end quote. Apps also have to use Apple's in-app payment method, meaning Apple gets that 30% cut if a user subscribes to the game streaming service. A Microsoft spokesperson had told PC Mag about the new rules from Apple. Quote, this remains a bad experience for customers, end quote. And, quote, gamers want to jump directly into a game from their curated catalog within one app just like they do with movies or songs and not be forced to download over 100 apps to play individual games from the cloud. We're committed to putting gamers at the center of everything we do, and providing a great experience is core to that mission, end quote. 
Google and NVIDIA haven't commented on the new rules, but all three companies have been developing game streaming services for Android. Apple did offer a rebuttal to anyone with complaints in the new rules, however. Quote, Of course, there is always the open internet and web browser apps to reach all users outside of the App Store. End quote. I mean, using the web browser app might be a good idea on the desktop. That's probably going to be fine on a Mac, but on an iPhone, I just don't see that working nearly as well. I could be wrong, though, but it's going to be a pain if you download a mobile app and then have to download all these other mobile apps to play all the games that you want to play that are in the cloud. That's, like, ridiculous. That's only going to use up more space on your phone, which kind of defeats the purpose of cloud gaming. Am I right? So we'll just see how well they can get that working on a mobile web browser instead for the iOS platform. And now we have science news, which we've got a lot of space news to talk about too. China claims it has landed a reusable spacecraft after a two-day flight. The nation says it successfully landed an experimental reusable rocket on September 6th after two days in orbit. Details are secret, but the mission reportedly represented an important breakthrough in reusable spacecraft for China. It could be a rough counterpart to the U.S. Air Force's X-37B space plane. China has stated intentions to launch an aircraft-like reusable space vehicle by 2020. This vehicle is deployed by using the Long March 2F. Harvard scientists invent materials that remember their shape. The scientists have developed a material that can always return to its original shape, no matter the stimuli applied to it. Biocompatible material can be 3D printed into any shape and then further pre-programmed with reversible shape memory. Keratin from recycled wool is the main ingredient for this. The world's first clone Przewalski horse, I probably butchered that name, comes from DNA preserved at the San Diego Zoo. The horse was born in Texas on August 6th from DNA that was cryopreserved 40 years ago in San Diego. This cult could provide an important model for future conservation efforts. As populations of species become smaller, genetic diversity becomes an issue. This technology can save species by restoring genetic diversity. Large Hadron Collider creates matter from light. Scientists observed photons merging and transforming into W bosons, particles that carry weak force which governs nuclear decay. This research shows the concept that energy and matter are two sides of the same coin. The first plug-and-play brain prosthesis 
demoed in a paralyzed person. Neuroscience researchers have created a brain-controlled interface which can be used by patients without extensive daily training. The current interfaces require users to retrain for each session, but this new interface uses ECOG electrode arrays, allowing long-term stable recordings of neural activity. It was trained with a machine learning algorithm that matches brain activity to a user's desired movements. The study participants were able to develop a consistent mental model for controlling this interface over time. They could continue using the interface even after it was reset. After learning how to use the interface, participants could continue using it without retraining and could even go days without practice, with very little decline in performance. Mighty Mouse Treatment Helps Mice Stay Muscle-Bound in Space Forty mice returned to Earth after staying at the International Space Station for a month. Eight mice were genetically engineered to grow more muscles. They were able to maintain their bulk after the trip. The 24 untreated mice, however, lost considerable muscle and bone mass. Eight normal mice received the Mighty Mouse treatment in space, and these mice returned with dramatically bigger muscles. These findings could possibly lead to preventative treatments for muscle and bone loss in astronauts during any prolonged space trips. NASA's metallic glass gears can withstand impact and freezing temperatures during lunar missions. NASA's bulk metallic glass gears team is developing a material made out of metallic glass which can function in extremely cold environments without heating. The unheated gearboxes will reduce overall power required for operations in the extreme cold environments. Right now, gears have to be heated to be used in space. The material has been through quite rigorous testing to ensure that it won't be damaged by the stressful events that could occur during a mission. These gears could enable operations during the lunar night, on ocean worlds, or extremely cold and dark environments. NASA wants to buy moon rocks from private companies. NASA will pay between $15,000 to $25,000 for verified moon rock samples. The deadline for this bounty is 2024. NASA hopes it will be sending people back to the moon by this point. $25,000 is really a low amount compared to how much it costs to obtain the material, but the idea behind this offer is to make the first steps towards creating a marketplace for materials excavated off-world. Both Russia and China have been critical of the idea of using space resources. NASA's Artemis program wants to send humans to the surface of the moon in a sustainable way by creating a long-term presence. This involves making use of the resources already on the moon. This project involves hiring private companies to develop the technologies required for this. Finally, the world's most powerful camera takes 3200 megapixel photos. 
It's called the Legacy Survey of Space and Time Camera, and it works by converting visible light reflected by objects into electrical signals, but at a huge scale and with a high level of detail. The camera is designed to collect images of far away galaxies. The camera was able to produce images of 3200 megapixels in testing the functioning of the sensing array. This camera will be deployed in 2021. And that concludes this week's tech news and commentary on the Joey's Totally Tech Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you found it informative and entertaining. I will catch you next time.